Hello, Stephen Allen here. Now, what I thought I'd do, and I have no idea if this is something that we're even allowed to, I thought we'd pop together the uh, sketches that I've done over the last year in into one big podcast. I'd look at that, and it was way too long. So what I've done is broken it down into months. Here's January. It's that time of year again when I get letters like this one that says... Dear Steve, you seem like a clever, intelligent man. What are your predictions for the news in 2017? Lots of love, Stephen Allen. Oh, I should have used a false name. But he makes a good point. What will happen in 2017? I went to a medium to find out. Hello, come in. I know why you're here. The spirits told me to expect you. Oh, good. I mean, I booked an appointment, so you... Well, what would you like to know? Um, tell me what will be in the news in 2017. First, you must cross my palm with silver. Well, oh, I've only got a 20. That'll do. Oh. Oh, sorry, I'm still a bit hungover. Now, let's have a look. Uh, in 2017, Donald Trump will become US president. Uh, oh. Well, we knew that. He has his inauguration soon. What else? Well, the UK. I'm seeing that the UK... Yes, the UK will trigger Article 50 and start to leave the EU. We know. They've been talking about that since June. Okay, okay. Um, in entertainment news... Oh, oh, I'm seeing the BBC. Yeah? Won't have Bake Off. These are all things we know. But they are going to come true. Ugh. So you're saying, basically, 2017 will just be part two to 2016? Pretty much, yeah. You're not psychic at all. Anyone could have predicted that. I paid 20 quid for this nonsense. 20 quid? You must have seen me coming. Well, if I saw you coming, I must be psychic. Oh, yeah. The Royal Mail has said that this is the peak time for when people return unwanted gifts. You know, it's a shame we don't have post-Christmas adverts to capture this ungrateful sentiment. Another year over, where do they go to? It's a mystery. When I look at my presents, I try to be pleasant, but let's talk honestly. Got a calendar here, but not for next year, so that was good for a week. And I got a huge box that's overflowing with socks, I've only got two feet. I've got books on types of moths and vegan cookery. The greatest gift I got this year's money. They could have got me a hatchum, but they couldn't dispatch them. They didn't make enough to sell. Someone bought me a spray, what are they trying to say? Say your armpit smell. Got a gift from a friend, a voucher I can't spend, cause it's from BHS. And it's not funny that this potpourri tastes like it's past its best. Got a book on Hitler's art and Van Gogh's war strategy. The greatest gift I got this year. The greatest gift I got this year. The greatest gift he got this year. It's money. Research has shown that filmmakers are increasingly making films based on real life rather than made-up stories. It makes sense. If you think about some of the big films of the last few years, they've all been based on real life. The Theory of Everything, The Wolf of Wall Street, Finding Nemo. It seems that the way to make a good film is to use a real-life story. Well, that's great news, because I've been wanting to leave radio to go and work in film. So, I lined up a phone call with a big Hollywood producer. Oh, hi, thanks for taking my call. Okay, you're on with Joel Filmstein. Hit me. 
me. Um, okay, I've got an idea for a film. It's a science fiction adventure. I hate it. But it's based on Theresa May and how no one understands what she's going on about. A real life story, huh? I love it. Basically, long story short, they made the film and here's the trailer. Imagine a nightmare so real you don't know you're asleep. Starring Lawrence Fishburne as Theresa May. No one can be shown what the Brexit is. And starring Keanu Reeves as everyone else who's confused. What? Brexit means Brexit. But what? And we need a red, white, and blue Brexit. Uh, what? No one understands the Theresa Matrix. It's that time of year again when I fail at my New Year's resolutions. I do it every year, so at least I'm consistent, and that's a good thing. We're surrounded by people saying, New Year, New You. Which is kind of an insult to the old me from 2016. He wasn't that bad, was he? Uh, well... Never mind. Just to make sure January is even less fun, a group of dentists have called for the end of cake culture. Do you know what cake culture is? Your old school nickname. No, the... It's in an office, people bringing cakes all the time. Just got back off holiday, so here's some cakes. It always seems odd, who celebrates coming back to work? It's my birthday, so here's the cake. Which seems odd, I thought on your birthday you get the cake. I have a theory though, I think people bring cakes into work after they've indulged themselves on a holiday or during a birthday, so it makes everyone else put on the pounds and they don't feel as bad. So that's my theory, I also sometimes wear tinfoil hats. But let's speak to a spokesperson from the Dental National Association. Hello. Dave. So, what are you suggesting? We're not saying that people shouldn't have fun in the office. Not at all, but they should avoid cake due to all the sugar. What should people do on their birthday or to celebrate something? Try bringing in some flaxseed. You what? It's really good for you. Or maybe bring in some fresh mint from the garden. Oh, it's true. And if it's a really big deal, why not bring in glasses of fluorinated water? You must be really popular around your office. No, not really, Steve. Is that what makes you sound so miserable? No, it's my work. It leaves me looking down in the mouth. <laughs> We've had some cold starts recently here in Kent. A few days ago, my car was so cold when I started it up, the sat-nav said, fly south. But a German scientist has come to the rescue. He's found a way that we can reduce the risk of falling over in icy conditions. He said we should walk like penguins. I mean, on one level, it makes sense. Penguins don't fall over on ice that much, so try and walk like they do. But then, birds don't fall out of the sky very often. However, I wouldn't suggest flapping your arms and jumping out of a window. Walking like a penguin just isn't cool. That's why that Tony Christie song didn't say... You've gotta walk like a penguin Fly like a sparrow from Halifax Swim like a turbot needing a fear To keep up with me You've gotta walk like a penguin tonight No one's pointing out how silly the advice is because people like penguins. There's that fact about penguins that you hear on wildlife shows. And the male penguin scours the land to find a perfectly round pebble to carry as a gift to his mate. People hear that and think... Oh, that's ever so romantic. And yet you try giving an actual pebble as an anniversary gift, you never hear the end of it. But I shouldn't be cynical, so I went to put it to the test during a morning frost. Okay, well I'm here outside, it's, it's a bit slippy underfoot. So far, I haven't fallen over. 
However, it's taken three hours to walk about ten yards, and that egg that I balanced on my feet keeps falling off. Oh, come here. Oh, upsetting headline of the day. Today is the day that people are at their most likely to start an affair. Typical. I'm busy all day. It says the second Monday in January is when your partner is most likely to cheat. But then I realised it could have said the second Monday in January is when you're most likely to cheat. So today is the day that statistically you're most likely to live through a real-life version of Rupert Holmes' Escape, the Pina Colada song. You must know the song. So it's about this guy. I was tired of my lady. He's two Mondays into the year and he hates his wife. But don't go for counselling, read the newspaper for a hookup. If you like pina coladas, so they're after someone who's classy. Getting caught in the rain. Someone who can't work an umbrella. If you're not into yoga. The words of someone who's never dated someone who's a yoga fan. If you have half a brain. Only half. A full brain you might start working out how to use an umbrella. So he meets up with a woman that he wants to have this affair with and finds... It was my own lovely lady. It was his wife who'd posted the advert looking for an affair. I mean, how did you not notice that your wife was buying so much piña colada? But the best bit of the song is this. Then we laugh for a moment. If you'd just found out you'd met up to have an affair with your own partner, would you laugh? They're in a restaurant. My first move would be hide all the cutlery. So what I'm saying is, on this cheating day, maybe try and see if you fancy having a fling with your own partner first. It'll work out much easier in the long run. I see that Prime Minister Theresa May has said that Brexit doesn't have to mean hard Brexit. But we know that Brexit means Brexit, thanks to her. Do you know what? I can't cope with this anymore. She's just repeating words. That's not what explaining means. Go on, then. What is explaining? Well, explaining means really explaining. Oh, she's got me doing it now. I have here a copy of the new Theresa May dictionary. Aardvark. Noun. Meaning aardvark. The whole book's like this. Doesn't it make you miss the old days? Reminds me, what is David Cameron up to? Let's have a little search on the internet. Oh, here's a story. David Cameron had someone to cut off his toast crusts for him at a Conservative Party getaway, claims Tory MP. Oh, how the other half live. When I was young, I remember asking my parents if I could have the crusts cut off, and they said, Who do you think you are, the Queen of England? Turns out not far off. Bakers must be offended by what he does to the food they prepare. Butchers must have been offended too. When you're a kid, you're told to eat your crusts because it'll give you a hairy chest. No child sits there thinking, Well, these taste a bit burnt, but I wouldn't want to miss out on having a chest like Anita Dobson's head. You would never see a similar thing in an advert. If you like a lot of back hair on your shoulders, join our club. I don't know if David Cameron actually has a hairy chest or not. I didn't Google it to find out. I do not want that showing up on my search history. What I'm saying is, the attitude of my parents must have rubbed off. I know he was famous for making cuts, but come on. Don't be wasteful. Eating toast means eating toast. You sound like Theresa May again. Oh, darn it. You know me, I try to find good news stories because I want to make people feel happier. Life with its constant array of disappointment, upset, an increase in the cost you pay for something that's probably on strike, the chance of being frozen, the fact that... Well, you're not cheering us up yet. Well, I'm just saying, it can all be a lot to deal with. But I've done it. I've found a news story that's positive. Go on, then. New research says that going bald is good for men. Why is that good news? Well, it's good news for me. We're not all as bald as you. Oh, come on. You've not got any more hair than I have. I suppose. New research has found that that being a baldness survivor, as I prefer to call it, actually makes people think more highly of us. In their tests, people found bald men to be, and get this, we seem more intelligent. Wow. I know. Imagine how stupid you look in a wig. 
Yes. Bald men are also seen as more educated and honest. Are you educated and honest? Well, I tell people I've got a degree, so it's either yes, yes or no, no. It's nice to hear something good about the way we look. At a time when the papers and magazines obsess about thigh gaps and flawless skin, there's a lot of pressure. But this is saying that bald men are seen as honest, clever and less attractive. Oh, oh, it actually says that. Well, that's upsetting. But it also found that baldness is linked to lower incidence of some diseases. STIs, probably. I feel sorry for Wayne Rooney having that hair transplant because he said he was sick of people saying he looked like Shrek. I mean, now they've stopped calling him Shrek, but they've started calling him Princess Fiona. But bald men of the world, relax. We're seen as as clever as The Rock, as educated as Vin Diesel, and as honest as Ian Duncan Smith. Oh, pass me that hat, will you? Just when you thought that Donald Trump's story couldn't get any better, at some point in the future they will make a film of his life and people will walk from that cinema saying, It just wasn't believable. And the special effects, I mean, as if hair looks like that. But thanks to the latest news about Donald Trump, we now know that film will be Certificate 18. It's been claimed that Russia have compromising information about him. It's hard to go into details about the claims here, but how can I put this? Um, his PR advisors will be telling him not to use the term trickle down when he talks about economics again. Mr. Trump held the press conference and said, I think it's a disgrace. So do the hotel cleaners. So, oh, sorry, he hadn't finished. Carry on. I think it's a disgrace that information would be let out. Interesting that he doesn't use the word leak. Some people said this could affect his political life, but have you slept through the last year? Every time a scandal came out about him, someone on a new show in America would say, and this could spell the end of the Donald's political career. And then he just got more popular. Like when Thor used his hammer on Iron Man and gave him more power. Get out more. He also said, uh, It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. It didn't happen. But the problem is, news stories about the Pope endorsing Trump and things about Hillary were also fake. We're living in a fake news era. People post fake things on their social media and pretend they're true. I take screenshots of MasterChef and tweet them a week later saying that's my dinner. We all do it. But if your campaign benefited from fake news, you have to be ready for when some fake news makes you look bad. What I'm saying is, Donald, you made your bed. Now you have to lie in it. To tip or not to tip? There are so many rules about when you shouldn't tip. Tip your taxi driver? Yes. Tip the police officer who pulls you over? Apparently looks wrong. And certainly do not stuff 20s in his belt. I learned that the hard way. It's also hard to know how much to tip. And there's a news story that hasn't made that any clearer. A diner left a £1,000 tip on a £79 bill. What's going on there? I've narrowed it down to one of four options. One, after months and months of people like me doing jokes about the pound being weak, someone has really believed it. Two, if someone gives you £1,000, you'd best go around that restaurant to see what is broken. That is guilt money. The only time I'd tip a grand is if it was like, Oh, um, here's a little something for you, and I wouldn't go in that left cubicle in the gents for about five days. Option C. With the failing education system in the UK, when someone tries to work out 12.5% of 79, they get 1000 And still a C at GCSE. Or option 4. He genuinely thought the food was worth the money. At the Indian restaurant in Northern Ireland, where it happened, the chef said the mystery diner was very discreet, which makes me think it was the blocked toilet one. I'm happy for the staff, but I don't want giving 1,266% tips to become normal. I can't afford that. If the service is good, I'll tip. But for £1,000, I'd expect them to bring the food to me by drone. I'd want them to chew it for me so I didn't have to. And I'd want them to end up with the calories. Even that's not enough. Do you know what I'd want the waiter to do for that much money? What? I'd want him to pay the tip for me. 
Did you follow the big news over the weekend? On Brexit? Even bigger than that. The fact that Donald Trump will meet Putin before Theresa May? This news is bigger than if Donald Trump met Theresa May in a Moscow hotel. The Spice Girls reunion might not be going ahead. The papers were filled with headlines saying, Victoria Beckham calls in lawyers to block Spice Girls reunion group. Some people read that and thought, at least someone is trying to block the Spice Girls reunion. Then people are mean. Yes, there were claims that Victoria Beckham was trying to stop what's left of the Spice Girls performing the classic hits of the group. Jerry, Emma and Mel B are getting together in a band called Gem. G-E-M. You see what well, they did. I don't know if Victoria Beckham was invited to join. She was an original member, but you put a V in there and you'd have to be some Scrabble expert to make something out of that. Mmm, veg. She said all along that she wants Gem to do new material and it was claimed she's stopping them using the old songs. They might be better off without them though. Their music gave terrible advice. If you wanna be my Turns out, if you get with someone's friends, they get really upset and call it cheating. But the Spice Girls told me to! Do you do everything the Spice Girls tell you to? I spiced up my life when I got with your friends. Sort of two birds, one stone. Stop right now, thank you very much. You're doing it now! Then the news broke that Victoria wasn't calling in the lawyers. Well, to find out more, I'm joined by an expert. So what gives? Some think it's a technicality. How do you mean? She was trying to ban them from using songs that she sings in. And? Someone looked at the word sing. Ooh, you're meaning. In a few days, Donald Trump becomes the next President of the United States. He only got 47% of the popular vote, but he still gets to be in charge. Theresa May must see that and think, that's 47% more than I needed. Ah. A Scottish magazine TV listing described Trump's inauguration as an episode of the Twilight Zone. Then again, Scottish people were saying he had a wee problem last week, so that didn't help. The media can make it look like no one expects good things from Trump. Well, I'm here to be balanced, because that's fair, and also because at the end of the week, he'll have have the launch codes, and most people know which town I live in. Here's someone who's expecting good things. It's Nigel Farage. He will go on tweeting. Yeah, Trump apparently tweets at 3am while sat on a gold toilet. If I had a gold toilet, I'd probably spend more time there. You've got to get your money's worth. He will go on ignoring the media. Ignoring it? All he does is respond to things he doesn't like. That's not what ignoring means. There are TV critics who pass less comment on what they've seen. And rather than doing press conferences, he'll do a YouTube clip. YouTube? He's going to be the next Zoella. What's he gonna do on YouTube? Hello and welcome to the Donald's makeup tutorial. Okay, today we look at Orange Foundation again. I know it's a cheap shot to joke about his orange tan, but it's not our fault that he looks like he's in the wrong Instagram filter all of the time. What you do is, after you've eaten a bag of cheesy watsits, the dust you get in the bottom of the packet, that's your foundation, okay? I'm kidding, he won't do that. As we know from Bill Clinton, you wait till you leave office before you focus on your foundation. In some ways, it's a privilege to live through the news this week that will one day be history. It's hard to get your head around what this news story will mean in the future, but it's easier if we imagine what we'll say when we look back. Tell me, what was it like before the world changed? It was back in 2016... No, 2017. Was that when Brexit happened? That wasn't what led to all this. Was it... President Trump? No, that only lasted a few weeks. What was it then? That was the week we heard Greg's had started doing deliveries. Oh. Up till then, if you wanted a steak bake or a sausage roll, you had to walk to the shops, burn off some calories. Oh, things weren't perfect, we still had obesity, but after that point, folk couldn't see the point in leaving the house. You could get food brought to you. Not like now when you have to queue for a week. What happened? We didn't see it coming. Back then the doors were only three foot wide. 
We had all that food delivered. Before we knew it, we couldn't leave the house. People stopped going to work, no one did anything, no one made anything. What did you do? Me? Oh, I'd order pasties, vanilla slices. I'd order some things that were apple-filled, pretend it was one be five a day, but I knew. Before the food ran out, I'd stockpiled lots and lots of sausage rolls. Nothing but sausage rolls. Eventually I became quite mad, pretended they could talk back to me. What would they say? Oh, they'd ask me about the past. But I just ask you, oh. Come here. No, I'm hungry. don't. Oh, no, oh, no stop. Oh, oh, it was just a dream. Or was it? Brexit's just so confusing. I know Theresa May's outlined a 12-step plan. I searched online. I think step one is admitting you have a problem. Seems about right. There's talk of being outside a market while still trading in the market. I think that's only possible if you can shout to the market traders. It should be okay. They can certainly shout back. Three for your pound. Although when the pound dipped, I heard one say. Two and a bit for your pound gonna hit us all. Just when I thought I'd started to understand the basics of the Brexit deal, I heard Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's on the European Scrutiny Committee in the House of Commons, he was being interviewed yesterday and he said, The EU sells much more to us than we buy f- from them. Let's listen to that again. The EU sells much more to us than we buy f- from them. You do what now? The EU sells more to us than we buy from them. How does that work? It's something to do with the returns policy. Does this affect our statutory rights? Is it a bog-off thing? I won't get all three. No, I think that's what Theresa May said to Europe. And bear in mind, today is the poorest day of the year, so this is good info. Two Mondays ago was the day most people started affairs. This Monday was Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year. And today is the poorest day of the year. I think we need to find happier, less high-maintenance people to have affairs with. It's because we've gone for the longest since we've been paid. People are saying that we have to cut back on what we buy. Well, yes, I do, but using this new Rees-Moggian economics, I don't have to cut back on how much the shops sell to me. Yeah? What do you think? I think you haven't done step one yet. I wanted to end the week on a high, bring you some good news to cheer you up, but sadly, disaster struck. There's a shortage of courgettes. Oh no, haven't the middle classes suffered enough? It's because of bad weather in areas like southern Spain and France. Oh, another blow. First their veg runs out, and now their second holiday could be in danger. It's a supply and demand thing, and seeing as the supply of courgettes has been cut, the price will go up. Some are already on eBay for hundreds of pounds. There was a guy down my local trying to flog some. Turns out it was just cucumbers and he's really tall, so be careful. It's not just that veg, we then heard that tomatoes and salad leaves could also be affected. This is gonna cause some real problems. This is Cassandra. Each day she walks miles to the shops to get the ingredients to the dips at her dinner party. If she doesn't make that walk, her Fitbit will tell her off. You mix a veg shortage in the number of people doing veganuary, this could end badly. Okay, so all the healthy food could be running out. What can we have to stay healthy? Well, there are two news stories that came out this week that found a link to living longer. One piece of research says that not mating can add years to your life. You're all right there, then. And another said that coffee may make you live longer. Now, people always tell me that I have too much coffee. They don't know that it makes you survive. Yes, we do, but we still don't want you to drink it. Well, apparently, it's to do with the anti-inflammatory properties that it has. So, let me get you a coffee. Oh, that's nice. No, it's not, because if you keep chipping in like that while I'm working, you'll need something that can take the swelling down. 
The Home Office has been slammed for allowing selfies to be used for passport photos. I can see how it could cause problems. I'm sorry, sir, I can't let you into the UK. Why not? You don't look anything like your passport photo. Oh, that's because I don't have a dog's nose and ears, but that was from Snapchat. We're selfie-obsessed. I saw two tourists at King's Cross Station at the weekend. They were stood with their phones pointing at the John Betjeman statue, so I stopped, didn't want to walk in front and ruin the photo. But then I noticed they had the front-facing cameras on and were taking a picture of themselves. Their holiday snaps must be terrible. And here's one of me looking at the Eiffel Tower. Here's one of me looking at the Taj Mahal. Oh, oh, how embarrassing. You're not supposed to see that. That was one of me Skyping with Tom Daly. What's wrong with a good old-fashioned way of getting your passport photo where you go to one of those booths and somehow manage to blink during every one of the snaps? That way you don't look anything like your passport photo, you get stopped at the airport, you get upset, you start to cry, and then suddenly, oh yeah, it is you. Go on, go on through. And have you seen Instagram, though? People always pout during selfies. Duck face, they call it. I was taking a selfie in the park the other day and someone shouted duck face. At least... Don't finish that. Okay. But here's the problem. People take dozens of selfies before they pick the one that they want to use. People always look better in the pictures than they do in real life, as you'll know if you've been on any dating website. A recent photo. Recent, yeah, in geological terms. But it will be awkward when the person checks your passport, sees a picture of a stunner, looks up and sees your actual face, and then says, Ah, well, I know what you've got to declare. Many critics of the vote to leave the EU have said things like Oh, they just want to take this country back to the 1950s. Well, it turns out that might not be an insult. A new study says we Brits were at our happiest in 1957. Some people are surprised by that fact. Back then, most homes had an outside toilet. But maybe that's the secret to a happy life. You brought the loos inside, but then we buy air fresheners to make it smell like an alpine forest. So there must be something in that. I thought I'd look at some of the things that happened in 1957 to see if we can learn how to be happier again. In April 1957, the BBC's Panorama broadcast the Spaghetti Tree Hoax, purporting to show spaghetti being harvested in Switzerland. It's seen as a classic broadcast now, but it's kind of patronising. You there? Yes, you. You probably don't know any food that's not tripe. That's right, Governor. The rest grows on trees, you know. <laughs> in May 57, Operation Grapple took place, where Britain tested its first hydrogen bomb at Molden Island in the Pacific. It stayed there and didn't head off towards America by mistake, so I can see why we were happy with that. And in July 1950, Prime Minister Harold Macmillan said, Most of our people have never had it so good. But the thing is, we've got it better now. We moan in the news about people living longer. I mean, people in the past would love to have that as a problem, and yet we're still not happier. I think it might be to do with gratitude. In 57, people were happy that rationing had ended. These days, I heard someone in a very nearby supermarket saying, I suppose I'll have to get the non-organic pasta, but it's really not good enough. Maybe just sit down, be grateful, and eat your pasta. It doesn't grow on trees, you know. First of all, I just want to say I am so upset by the news. The will of the people has been ignored, trampled on by a bunch of elites thinking they know what's best. You talking about Brexit again? No, the Oscars. No nomination for Batman vs Superman. The list of nominations has been released. They did it differently this year. Instead of doing a mini presentation, they'd created a pre-recorded video and streamed it online. They had recordings of previous winners giving advice and information about the Oscars. Like this. In 1929, there were no nominations and the winners were announced in advance. Knowing the winner before it's happened? What is this? A Russian election? Last year I remembered there was a scandal after Jada Pinkett Smith complained that the Oscars were racist after Will Smith didn't get nominated. Well, I see he's not been nominated again this year. And he was in Suicide Squad and everything. Most of the video was the voiceover saying La La Land. La La Land. La La Land. 
as it equaled the record for the most nominations, 14 nominations it got. Another record was broken. Recently, Meryl Streep made comments about Donald Trump, and instead of him tweeting saying that he disagrees, he said that she was overrated. And then, and Meryl Streep has broken her own record for the number of Oscar nominations. You see, if you just disagree with her, that'd be fine, but you say someone's overrated when they just get the record for the most nominations. Clearly, that is an alternative fact. Yeah, that's what we have to call it now that we're living in La La Land. I should declare a bias before I start this story. I'm a bit of a germaphobe, which means I don't have fancy holidays in Moscow. But it also means I don't really like touching things. Or people. So I was appalled when I saw the headline, People need to be taught how to wash their hands. Oh, can we need to wash our hands more. No, we don't. I mean, I love washing my hands. I do it so much it's listed under pastimes on my CV. Apparently, young people just don't know how to do it. I'm joined on the line by a young person now. Hello. Yeah, whatever. Charming. So when was the last time you washed your hands? I ain't got no dirty hands. So you washed your hands? No. So you didn't wash your hands? I ain't not washed no dirty hands, you get me? No, not a word. Young people these days, eh? I know, I wash my hands of them. Maybe it should be taught in schools. Washing hands can be difficult, like when you go to the public toilets, and they have the motion sensor flushes so you don't have to touch the handle. Then they have motion sensor taps so you don't have to touch the tap. Then you use the hand dryer, and as you go to leave, you have to pull the handle on the door to get out. Oh, we can have automatic doors in shops, but you have to touch the one in the dirty, dirty toilet. I mean, you know someone's touched that without washing their hands. People need to wash their hands more. No, they don't. And it's not just about being fussy like me. Washing hands can prevent illness. If more people around here washed their hands, then we wouldn't have the outbreak of flu that we've had at this station. And then you wouldn't have as much work filling in for them. Oh, yeah. In that case, I've changed my mind. People do need to wash their hands more. People said Donald Trump would rule via Twitter because he tweets so much, and yet it's us, the UK, that have a Brexit bill that's about 140 characters long. But the certainty it's brought seems to have helped. The pound has stabilised. Since last year, the pound has been down more than a five fan. You what? You know, this song. Yep, thank you. But I think it might be too little too late. The pound shop at the Warren Retail Park in Ashford is set to close after less than a year of being open. So? Well, it's the weak pound, isn't it? It's like what happened in Italy. Remember when the lira was devalued? Do you know how many lira shops they had after that? None. So that proves it. The effect is probably worse here in the south. In parts of the north, the pound shop is actually a chain of estate agents. It can't be easy when your business model is based on selling things for a pound when the pound buys less. I mean, these days, it costs about a quid for a 10p mix. But to find out more, I'm joined by my financial correspondent. Is this a sign that the economy is in trouble? No, not really. Uh, Some people have said that the pound shop model is flawed. Really? Well, by the time people have put a pound coin in the shopping trolley, they don't have anything left to spend. So what can be done? Some say there are talks that Poundland might vote for independence. What? They will hold a referendum and may go it alone if the UK leaves the single market. Isn't that Scotland, not Poundland? Oh, yes. Well, either way, if you go there, you won't find many vegetables. 
I know what you're going to talk about. Or the fact that some people have had their travel restricted just because of where they're from. Yeah? No, I'm not even going to mention Southern Rail today. No, Donald Trump's bad. Oh, I don't want to talk about it, though. Do I have to? I'll get tweets. And these days, if you disagree with what someone says, you don't argue against the points, you insult the person. Social media's been a nasty place for the last few days. There were pictures of the protest against the ban that took place outside the White House. A lot of people turned up. See, Donald Trump can pull a big crowd if he really tries. He might count this as a win. People tell me this is the best angry mob. People thought he'd be different in office, but he's just doing what he promised. People thought that wall was just a pipe dream, but he's already having the border measured up. If he said he was going to do something when he was campaigning, he's probably going to try. So that guy that he said he wanted to punch, he's actually going to get punched. He'll have a little tiny bruise on his face. And then Kim Kardashian joined in by tweeting some statistics on the number of annual deaths of Americans by Islamic immigrants, two, versus things like armed toddlers, 21. And if they were stopping toddlers getting on planes, there'd be fewer people at the protest. 737 Americans die each year falling out of bed, probably to try and get to their phones to tweet an insult rather than a reasoned argument. Some people had a go at Kim Kardashian for presenting these stats. One defended Trump against Kim, not by arguing the point, but by saying, just a rich reality TV star, only really where they are today because of their father. Well, so's d- Do you know what? I'm not going to point out the obvious. I'll only get tweets. Another day, another struggle to find something that's not Trump-related, with the news of his travel ban, or as he calls it, not a ban, extreme vetting. Sounds like a sport they do in New Zealand, like bungee jumping while you're giving a cow an examination. Right, mate. Three, two, one... But I found one. Oh, good. There's a story of a woman from Ashford who says a head torch exploded 30 seconds after she removed it from her head. Of course, I think the question we need to ask is, why do people wear these head torches? You look like an amateur coal miner. My dad has one that he puts on when he takes the dog for a walk down the garden. He says, It's safer to have it on. Well, not if Doctor Who turns up, it won't be. He'll think you're a Dalek and screwdriver you. In fact, having a light on your head makes it look like you're ready to do some extreme vetting scary because it was right on her head, so it could have ended badly. And yesterday, scientists reported that when you are about to die, your life actually does flash before your eyes. But apparently, not in the correct order, which means there's a chance that when I go, I'll remember watching the film Memento, and it'll make sense this time. I quite look forward to seeing all my best bits. It's like I've been voted off Big Brother. I'll see my entire life again and think, oh, so that's where I put my keys. What happened? Oh, I thought I was a goner there. My life flashed before my eyes. How did you survive? I landed on the cow. I think it cushioned it. But if you're going to see your life again, there must be some nice memories from the night time. It's a shame they're in the dark. How are you going to see those flash by? That's why you need one of those lights strapped to your head. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen and uh, search for Steve N. Allen's Week for a podcast. Get a free podcast. Podcasts.